Hello and welcome to another podcast from BetfairTradingCommunity.com with me, your host, obviously, Pro Trader Martin. Um, so really good news this week, obviously, um, we've had. So if you listen to this in the future, I'm recording this during COVID-19. And uh, we've kind of had the path set out for us this week in our kind of escape from lockdown, if you will. And uh, our return to what will be, you know, normal life again. Um, and it actually feels really positive. You know, it, it feels great because a lot of people have kind of been, I don't know if, if they're scaremongering on purpose or whether it's just a case of, you know, the lockdown and everything getting into people's heads. But people talking about how things are never going to go back to normal. And, uh, you know, I've always maintained all along that I think things will go back to normal. I don't necessarily think it will be an instant transition as such, and I think it will be a phased thing. But I think life is pretty much going to go back to normal. I think maybe we're just a little bit more wary about shaking people's hands and sort of touching people unnecessarily. Um, I'm not sure that's particularly a bad thing, to be honest, in the long run, you know. Um, but the amazing thing is that we've got this path now to getting back to normalcy. And I had a whole different subject I wanted to cover this week. But actually, with this news coming in on, what was it, Monday or, or Sunday night, I think it's really important to kind of give an update on a from a sense of Betfair trading. So give an update from the Betfair trading side of things. And also just a, an update in general um, on how I think sport's going to go, how I think things are going to go in the future. And... Uh, you know, it's this is a time for celebration. I think it's too easy for people to be, you know, I've got to wait another five weeks to get back on the tennis court. Now, realistically, at the moment, there's no real reason I shouldn't be able to play tennis. There's, there's certainly no reason I shouldn't be able to go and hit a few serves by myself, for example, um, stuff like that. But obviously, tennis has been completely closed for like the last three months, and we're going to have to wait another five weeks. Now, a lot of people are negative about this and it's easy to be, it's easy to go that way. But the reality is, the positive is in five weeks time, we're going to get back out of this. You know, we should do um, the way the vaccines are going, the way everything's going. We should be able to get out of this in the next five weeks. I should be able to go out and play tennis. And that's the way you have to look at these things, because, you know, we can all argue about the little things and the, the kind of the gaps and the weights. But the reality is, now we're going to start getting everything back to normal. And that's really important because in the past year, I've heard, you know, the word lockdown probably more than I've ever heard in my whole life. I've a new phrases come out that I loathe, right? New normal. I hate that phrase, new normal, because again, it's not normal. Um, I don't think things aren't going to stay the way they are. People aren't all just going to be wearing masks all the time now. You might see a few more people doing it. And like I say, other than the handshakes and things like that, people aren't going to be, you know, suddenly not ever talking or communicating or wanting to leave their house. I just, I just don't buy that. I think we saw in the summer, even when it was still pretty rife, that people were still out and about doing things. And most people were leaving the homes. I mean, both my parents came up to visit me um, and to see my little lad. So, you know, and they're, they're obviously a lot older. And so, yeah, I just don't buy this whole new normal thing. I think a, couple, a few things might change, but it'll be very minimal and, and it won't really matter. Um, 
and then the other phrase, oh, I got so sick of hearing this within about two weeks of the first lockdown, and that was in these unprecedented times. Cannot stand that phrase anymore, unprecedented times. Because we got it, right? We got it in the first couple of weeks when that was said. It's like when... I feel like when I'm listening to TalkSport or, or watching Sky, I feel like the commentators feel like they have this duty to keep reminding us there's no fans. Like as if somehow we've been living under a rock for the last year and we don't realise there's no fans in the ground. You know, and they'll say... And I don't know if, if they just feel like they have some sort of duty to say this, to make people feel better, but they're like, oh, it would be so much better if the fans were there. Um, oh, it'd be so much better if the fans were here. Oh, of course, you know, we're missing the fans. And, and, and it seemed like every game, even now, they still have to keep mentioning it. I just think, yeah, we get it. Of course, it would be better with fans. Fans aren't there. They're not going to be there for a while. Um, but you don't need to mention every match that's played. Um, you know, and in fact, most of the games I'm watching, I just want to watch the match, right? I don't need to be told that you're missing the fans um, because it doesn't really change anything. And also, we got it the first time, right? The first few matches, fine. But they still keep going on about that. Um, and I just think it, it's all just grown a bit tiresome. So that's why, for me, I've been really feeling positive this week celebrating this news and I think that's the way you have to be I think you have to be positive about these things and go okay sure you might have done a lot of things differently I would have done a lot of things differently in the past year if it was my decision but the reality is we're looking to the future and the future is definitely brighter right so I think it's important to cover this subject and obviously you guys are probably sitting there listening thinking okay so how does this relate to trading and I'm, I'm going to get onto that now um, because I think Betfair trading has been so resilient, right? The Betfair traders have been so resilient this year. They've managed to adapt to situations that we never thought we'd see over the last 12 months. And, you know, I'm, it's still great to hear how well people have been doing. And even people whose strategies have suffered because of COVID, still doing well, still adapting, changing things. Um, and I'm going to go on to talk a little bit about strategies that have been doing really well and where you can find them. Um, but yeah, as exchange traders, we've had a lot to cope with, haven't we, over the last month, you know, 12 months or so. We've had changing circumstances almost by the week. I mean, firstly, we had that unthinkable period where there was actually no sport, right? Now, do you remember that? Because I'd actually forgotten about that. Then I thought, oh, yeah, crikey. I remember we actually had a few weeks, didn't we? Well, it was about this time last year, sort of March 2020, where there was literally no sport. For about a month, we just had nothing. And it was crazy. It was like, I didn't realise how much my life revolved around sport because obviously my job is sport. And then my hobby business, Betfair Trading Community, is also sport. So obviously I trade for a living on Betfair. That's my main job. That's my sport. And then obviously I have the hobby business, which again is revolved around sport. My relationship with my dad, who's also a pro trader, um, you know, largely revolves around sport and a lot of the things I do, a lot of the things I watch and talk about in the week, like I say, I listen a lot to talk sport um, because sport's always been my religion, right? I've always loved sport. I love it to death. Um, 
it's funny because other than other than family stuff and maybe maybe some friendship stuff i don't think there's a lot in life that can give you the ups and downs that sport does right i mean i've had incredible highs in my sporting life right even just as an amateur athlete trying to make it as a pro and not even getting there, right? I've had amazing, but also those incredible lows. Like I say, that one of those moments where you train really hard, you know, day after day, and don't make it as an athlete. And that's that's crushing, that's soul crushing. But yet, you still have this, and I'm sure many people will be in that same situation. Obviously, probably most of us as kids, you know, have some desire that we want to be sports stars one day, especially especially young men I imagine and also it's and now it's like you know probably 99% of those people or more um, it ends in it ends in disappointment so it's really interesting that sport kind of transcends all that and it, the highs just make it all so worthwhile in those times of low and obviously being a Norwich City fan I have a lot of highs and lows because we tend to get promotion or win the championship every few years and then get relegated from it pretty much the next year. So you get the absolute um, kind of, yeah, the metaphor of what I'm saying there, where it's just the pure highs and lows. Um, and that is just a, a great example of that, isn't it? Being a fan of a team that's always bouncing from league to league. But it, but it's quite interesting that I think a lot of us realised how much we love sport, how much sport means to us. And it's funny because... Again, in my in my spare time, what do I do? I go and play tennis, right? A lot of my spare time I spend playing tennis. You know, I, I go around all around Warrington and Cheshire and and Lancashire playing tennis. It's it's crazy, really. The you know the money I spend on sport. You know the money I spend on on that stuff um, just to play sport because the enjoyment, the love for it is so great. And, you know, sometimes even playing these really low-key amateur tennis matches, you know, in, in the Warrington League, I'll, you know, you win a match against a good team, probably a team that's better than you, and you, you get such a great feeling of elation. Then you lose a match to a team you feel you should beat and you feel like you want to pack it in. <laughs> you know, you're saying, oh, that's it, I'm done with tennis. And of course, the next day you're back in, on court and, and you're finding your love for it again. Um, but yeah, so sport's always been such an important part of my life. And I, and I had to experience a world without it. And, and I'll be honest, it wasn't really a world I wanted to live in. Which is crazy because to have such a dependence on, on one thing like sport, you know, it's it's mad really. And I always thought, well, I do quite a few different things, so it's fine. But actually, I realise, you know, wow, sport is sport is huge for me. And I know that so many of you guys had that similar experience because I talked to a lot of you guys during that time. And it's great to kind of share those stories about, you know, why sport was so important to us. Um, but thankfully... It didn't take long to come back. And I think what happened was the world went, hang on, we need sport, right? Sport almost became the transcendent thing to come through, didn't it? Like the first thing that was going to come back was sport. And actually, it gave people something to do. It gave people an outlet. It gave, you know, we've had pretty much since that break from sport, we've had football non-stop 
right? Literally, we have had football non-stop. We're going to finish this season, go into the Euros, back into the season again. Now, that's great for an avid sports fan like me. That's great. I mean, American football is my favourite sport. A lot of people know this. Um, I absolutely love it. I follow it to the nth degree. I follow the NFL, but I also follow college football. Now, obviously, those seasons normally last from September to February, and that's that. But this year, one of the college football tiers, the kind of championship of college football, if you like, the the kind of... It's not called the second division, but it's kind of the second division. Um, you know, a bit like the championship isn't called the second division anymore. But that season wasn't played. So instead, what they've done is they're going to play it in spring. So their season actually started last week. So we're now going to get American football for another three months for anyone who's just ridiculously into it like me, who will follow, um, you know, those smaller college teams. And... It's amazing that we're actually, for whatever sport you follow, pretty much, you're going to be engulfed with a ton of that sport. Even the tennis, you know, we've just had the Australian Open finish and Djokovic has won yet another title. And it's amazing that we've, we're just getting loads of tennis. You know, probably one of the most difficult sports to put on because of the travel and how much travel these players do, you know, all over the globe. Um, because it's hard to get. It's hard to get good tennis matches, isn't it, at that level and, and prize money and things like that. Um, you know, part of the reason why as someone who lives in, in Wigan, I'm going travelling all around the Warrington League with, with our club because at the end of the day... You can't really just play in the Wigan Borough and get much of a game. However, if I was playing football, for example, it wouldn't be so much of an issue, would it? There's loads of teams within within Wigan itself. So it, tennis is one of those sports that's quite difficult, you know, especially for the professionals because they've got to travel literally around the world all the time, get put up in hotels and things like that. Um, but even that has managed to go on. So it really does feel like we've, we've been spoiled in a way with the sport. Um, so it's been great in terms of we've had plenty to trade, but obviously, you know, people have had to adapt with COVID-19 happening, um, you know, because when sport came back, we had sport without fans, right, which we've never had before. Um, I, I wanted to make a joke about Ipswich being, you know, it wouldn't be a disadvantage to them because they'd be used to that. That's a bit below the belt, isn't it? Um, but yeah, sports without fans, we just weren't used to that. Players opting out. I mean, you know, players opting out of the rest of the season and getting full pay. Um, wow, never thought I'd see that day. Um, but, you know, it happened and, uh, you know, I guess some people have their reasons and I'm not going to get into the politics of that. Um, but, yeah, teams having to play without key players as well just because they're in quarantine. So some people hadn't even got COVID, but they had to go into quarantine and teams would lose some of their best players. Um, and yet the show has still gone on, hasn't it? And it's, it's managed to go on relatively smoothly, relatively normally. You know, we've almost forgotten about these kind of bubbles, these situations these players are in. Because unless it's constantly talked about, you know, we don't tend to think about what these people do outside of their daily lives. So outside of the sporting arena, sorry. So, I mean, think about the cricket players who literally, you know, they're rotating in and out of the squad so that they can go home just to see a little bit of their family um, because they're, you know, travelling away with cricket. They're literally having to stay away and 
I doubt their families are, are allowed. I'm pretty sure they're not. I I'll be honest, I haven't fully looked into that, so I don't want to make a blanket statement, but I'm pretty sure their families won't be allowed to travel with them, whereas normally they might do, or, or the partners at least. Um, you know, so it's really interesting, but pro traders, you know, we've had to kind of change our approach, haven't we, to certain trading strategies. So in football, for example, we suddenly saw far fewer first half goals in games. And it wasn't long until I just went, that's it for me on first half goals. I'm waiting. Once this is all back to normal, I'll be back on it because first half goal, you know, it's been a gold mine for me in the last years. But, um, you know, and that fraud system that we share with all the members, the one I follow, is just absolutely outstanding. But I said, right, we need to suspend this strategy for now. I've suspended it myself and I said to members, look, guys, you know, there's other markets to trade. Let's not put ourselves in a bad position. There is something about fans not being in a stadium that is allowing teams to take it easy in the first half with almost this attitude of, it's okay. We will we'll start to take it seriously towards the end of the game. And what you were seeing, and it's, it's not as bad now, but what you were seeing when football first came back was teams literally looking like they were playing friendlies for the first 60 minutes, not really having a go. And then at the end of the match, teams were just attacking. Um, but often by then it was too late and, and you ended up with a lot of nil-nil draws. You ended up with a lot of nil-nil first half score lines. Um, and that market just became difficult to trade. But the beautiful thing with Betfair trading is it doesn't, you know, you can have these things happen and you can adapt. So you can go, okay, I'm going to concentrate on a different market. It's actually a good opportunity to learn other markets, to test other strategies, um, to see if you could find edges in other areas. And a lot of people did that. And, and again, I, in a bit, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the strategies that have been doing really well and, and tell you where you can find them. But now we have this clear path to normality, don't we? So before long, fans will be back in the stands. Home advantage will be exactly that again. Um, and sport as we know it will be back. So this leads me quite nicely onto a really important point. Probably the one point I really want you to pay attention to in this podcast because um, I think this is going to be the a phrase that you should carry with you because this is this is I think what's going to happen. So if you had a strategy that was doing well before lockdown but has struggled since do not throw it away. Okay? So if you had a strategy before covid that was doing really well and a lot of people have come to me and said mine this strategy was doing so well before covid now it's not. And I said well just hold it. Just park it for the time being, test something else. Look at other markets, maybe follow another strategy that you're doing that's doing well. But whatever you do, don't just throw your money at a strategy that's changed because of COVID. That's not the right thing to do. But also, don't throw it away. Don't delete it. Don't lose the settings. If you have to, take a screenshot of your filters in our software so that you've got the strategy still, even if you do somehow manage to delete it. Probably a good idea to do anyway, right? So if you ever create a strategy build some evidence around it and put it in a folder either on your Google Drive or Dropbox or Microsoft OneDrive, whatever. But make sure that you're getting that information saved because my theory on this is when everything's back to normal, I think these strategies will end up being profitable again. And I really believe that because I think when things go back to normal, there's no reason they shouldn't. 
go back to normal. So why wouldn't your strategy that was doing really well before COVID start doing really well again after COVID? Now, my caveat to this is I will say one thing. If you park this strategy and then take it up again after COVID, you must test it again, right? Now, people aren't, a lot of people don't like to hear this because I've mentioned so much about testing, haven't I, in the last few weeks. And sometimes some of the pushback I get on that is, oh, man, I just I don't want to test something. I just want to put my money on it. I ain't got the patience. And it's like, just test it again. Even if it's a month, test it again. Just check and make sure your strategies return back to form. And when it has, bang. It's okay, let's go with it. Let's let's start trading again. But unless it unless it does, um, you know, you need to make sure you're testing it because it's a massive risk just to assume that it will work again. Um and like I say, probably the biggest thing that will save you money in your trading career is testing strategies before you follow them. You know, there's not a strategy that I do that I don't test it quite seriously. Um, because if you don't, like I say, it's just a, you're just basically having a stab in the dark. And like I say, the truth is, if you had a winning strategy before COVID, the chances are it could be profitable after it. What worries me is that I wonder how many people have had a really good strategy or system that was making money um, before COVID and now the effects of COVID have kind of knocked it back and they've just chucked the system right into the bin without a second thought. I wonder how many people have deleted a potentially good strategy because, oh, it didn't work during COVID, you know. And it's actually crazy to get rid of something because it doesn't work during COVID times. And like I say, I think it's a great time to park the strategy and do something else, try something else, try a different market, try a different sport maybe, you know, learn something, learn a skill while you wait to readopt that strategy that was doing well for you in a few months' time. So, like I say, please do not throw away your strategies. I never think it's worth throwing them away anyway. So many people just straight out delete their, their filters and I think, hang on. Why don't you just take a screenshot of the filter, give it a name, park it in your Google Drive, and then if you want to delete it and clear space, whatever, you can delete it. But keep that picture because then you'll be able to replicate it in our software. You know, we can build that strategy again for you. Um, what needs to be said, and this is really important because I have been blown away, truly blown away, by how great the Betfair trading community has been throughout this COVID crisis. Now, I'm not talking about the business of Betfair trading community. I'm talking about the people. I'm talking about the members. I'm talking about you guys. Even the people who aren't members, who listen to the podcast, you know, everyone who's, because it's everyone who's been supportive because we've had so much support, but not just the support that's important here because yes of course that's fantastic but it's it's the fact that people have interacted people have helped each other people have wanted to be a part of betfair trading community you know our service has only grown stronger in the past year and that's all because of you right you know i get so many emails saying oh mine thanks so much for this podcast it's helped me it's changed my trading thanks for the video thanks for the blog posts and i say don't thank me 
the real the real people that need thanking um are you the members you're everything you are everything that makes betfair trading community and and what's really like i say it's just blown me away is how great all of our members have been during this crisis because it would be so easy to get down people to get down and i don't know bicker and things like but that just hasn't happened and people have just been working with each other you know people who've had to adapt strategies have people have been sharing fantastic trading strategies on the forum recently that you know it's just pure generosity they don't gain anything by it it's not an ego thing it's you know they're not trying to start a service tipping service or anything like that you know we're not big fans of tipping services at betfair trading community but it really is amazing because people on the on the community have been just that they've been a community and we've all worked together and we've all worked so hard and even for me as someone who you know oversees the forum it's been great for me to be able to talk to people to have a place to go every day and talk trading sport even when sport wasn't on you know talking about trading and sport and uh you know one of the things we did of course was we said straight away as soon as covid happened you know wow this could be difficult for us you know especially when there was no sport on for that while we thought god this could be really difficult we could we could lose all our members betfair trading community could be finished next month you know and amazingly that didn't happen um you know and, and we know that we've grown over the past year and uh, you know it's just it's just so fantastic because this is the place we wanted to build and we kind of just put a few things in place but really what has built this has been the members has been you guys so like i say i'm just you know because it like i say it'd be so easy to throw anything to go the other way wouldn't it i mean like i say how many of these groups do you see on on whatever facebook or any other social media that are just you know they're betting groups or whatever trading groups and they're just so toxic full of toxic people saying nasty things to other people or just being really offensive um you know i see a lot of racist and homophobic comments on these places you just think what the hell because the reality is that puts off normal people right so the more because I, I i've got a theory on this i think the morons put off normal people so good traders good normal honest hard-working folk they're not going to bother you know with some of these forums or they might for a little and then they find out okay this place is toxic this is full of idiots and you know then they have no interest after that and i think what what we've done at betfair trading community and what ryan's vision always was is we're going to make sure that the morons just aren't here right because there's nothing gained from those people you know and in the early days we we had to i remember there was there was to be fair we've not had to chuck out many people in the history and we haven't actually done it in maybe two or three years we've never actually had to chuck anyone out um but yeah i remember i remember ryan kind of had this this policy of you know someone's a complete moron and does something just horrible or it's just you know they get one chance 
and I kind of thought, wow, that's brutal, you know, that's brutal. And then we had one guy who we did have to ask to leave, and this was probably maybe five years ago now. And uh, I wanted to give him, I was like, Ryan, are you sure, mate? Like, maybe we should just give him another chance. And I remember a couple of times, because I was new to it all, Ryan was like, okay, Ryan, you know, you're you're part of this, you know, you're just as much part of this as me now. Okay, you can make this decision. And it was the wrong decision. You know, the people came back in and they might be nice for a couple of months. And it was the same thing again. Um, And as you see with any free group, you know, um, you just get so many of these morons because the fact is they wouldn't sign up to a non to a paid group because they don't really want to be part of a membership. They don't really want to be part of a team. They don't understand the value of networking and really working with good traders. They just want somewhere they can have a go. They can vent. Maybe they, they're not happy with their lives or whatever, and they just want to, I don't know, bully others. Sometimes it kind of made me think of, like, you know when you're in high school and you just get these these bullies, and, God, at the time you think, oh, what a knob. And then a few years later you realise, my God, the reason they're bullying is, A, because they had probably a terrible life <laughs> back at home and things. Um, and, you know, this just seems to have spilled over big time on social media, doesn't it? Um, but like I say, what I love is the fact that we've kind of, we kind of created this environment where we're going to be friendly. We're going to be, hey, you can still call things out if you think something's wrong or, you know, we call a spade a spade still. But there's a way of doing that. You don't have to call a spade a spade and then call someone, you know, a C-nut or something like that after it, do you? Which, you know, you see some of these other places. And like I say, luckily I got off those kind of Facebook groups quite a few, a couple of years ago now. But some of the nonsense that's talked on them, it's just unbelievable, isn't it? But anyway, what what has amazed me is just how great... Um, the members have been at Betfair Trading Community, and not and not just the members, but people who listen to podcasts, who email in, who you know, people who watch our videos, who comment on the videos, and say how much they enjoy them. Um, you know, like I say, I make a massive effort to get back to everyone who who comments and emails me because, you know, I ju- I just I'm so grateful for everything you guys do. Um, I don't ever want anyone to lose sight of that because I know some, you might be sitting there now thinking, oh, God, he's going on a bit about, you know, it's a bit, you know, oh, lovey-dovey. It's not really that. It's just that Betfair Trading Community feels like a real family, right? It feels like a real family of traders. We're all working towards the same goal. And it really feels like that. You know, when you're on the forum, when you're talking to people, you really get that feeling. Um, and like I say, sometimes people struggle with things and I help them and I work with them. And there's a way of working with people, isn't there? There's a way of coaching traders. And I, I don't have to berate you just because you've made a mistake. But I can say, hey, look, this is why you made the mistake. This is how to avoid doing it again. And, you know, then it's up to you to kind of make those changes. Um, but... I've just got to say a huge thank you. I will say a huge thank you to all the members because they've worked hard. You know, there's some people on the forum who've worked so hard for this past year on there, sharing with people, helping people. Like I say, there's no skin in the game for them. Just genuinely nice people who understand the value of helping, the rewards of, of you know, giving. Because giving often can feel better than receiving. 
Um, and it's just amazing how that's kind of the last year, I guess, if there was ever any doubt about whether Betfair trading community would work as a concept, the past year has kind of shattered any doubt. And I remember I've mentioned this a few times. I don't know if, if you've listened to the old, old podcast, you might have heard it, but I've heard, you know, when we first started up, I think it's even before I joined when Ryan just first started up. And uh, one of these sites did a review on Betfair Training Community. And I remember them saying, and it's great because it was a great motivator for us. And it said, um, Betfair Training Community will fail because no trader is going to share their profitable strategy. Wow, how wrong was that review? I'd love them to write. I know it'll never happen because these people never do this, but I'd love them to write on that at the end of that review. So we apologise. We were so wrong. But actually, in a way, I wish they don't because that helps drive us. You know, ridiculous comments like that have actually helped drive us to go, well, we're going to prove this wrong. And actually, we haven't proved it wrong. You have proved it wrong. The members have proved it wrong. The amount you guys share, you go above and beyond. And we're so grateful for it. We're so grateful for all of you. And like I say, you're all part of the family. Whether you're a current member or not, whether you're a previous member, we get a lot of returning members as well. You know, um, a lot of people have things going on in life. Sometimes they have to leave for a couple of months, then they're back and things like that. And we embrace you all as, as part of the family. People who watch the videos, listen to the podcast, read the blog, you're all part of the Betfair Trading Community family. You know, don't ever feel that you're not. Don't ever feel like you can't talk to me and Ryan. Just if you've ever got anything you want to ask us or chat to us about, just get in touch with us. We really do want you to keep doing that. Because, yeah, it does take a lot of time out of our day to respond to everything. But I think the reason for me that it's worth doing is that, you know, I'm so grateful for what you guys have given to us. So I don't care. Just email me. Send me hundreds of emails. I will reply to them. Um, anyway, like I say, what a truly awesome bunch of people you all are. Um, and it's been exciting. What's I guess the most exciting thing has been watching how well a lot of you are still doing. So, you know, I kind of expected that because of COVID and having to adapt, a lot of traders don't like adapting or they struggle, especially newer traders who are still learning the game. I kind of expect to see loads and loads of negativity. You know, people going, oh, no, this doesn't work now and things like that. But actually what's happened is that people have developed systems and strategies that are working really well um, this past year and they're still thriving now. So, I mean, I'm just going to pick out a couple of examples here. There's so many. And if you, if I don't mention your one, then I apologize. But it's not a it's not a slight on you. It's just the fact that there's there's too many to mention in a simple podcast. But in football, Alan and Lee have been doing incredible work on Ryan's over 1.5 goals split stake strategy. Alan's actually shown how profitable that strategy can be, you know. And if you're ever struggling with it, get on and check that thread. Um, it's just called split stake over 1.5 or 0.1.5 um, on the forum, that thread. And if you want to find it or if you, you're struggling to find it, just get in touch with us and I'll send you the link. Um, and if you're a football trader who's a member and you haven't checked that thread out, well, if you've got any interest in over 1.5 goals market, 
You really owe it to yourself to check that out. It's been a fantastic strategy. And likewise, Stuart's. I mean, Stuart's been doing some amazing work on Lay the Draw. Um, and he's actually dug out stats, I think, for the past eight years and found a strategy that is proven profitable over the last few years. And if you've been following it, you'll know it's been profitable the last few months he's been doing it. What, a, what an incredible strategy. And thank you for sharing it. And again, that's on the forum. Uh, it's just called LTD Set and Forget. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Wow, there's there's two things right off the bat. If you're on, if you're a member, go on the forum, check them out. You know, because we know a lot of our members. Funnily enough, aren't regulars on the forum. I think only about twenty five percent of our members are regulars on the forum. So you have a seventy five percent. Get on that forum. You're missing out. Um, okay, the next one is tennis, um, and we've had a lot of success actually laying the first set winner when the opponent tends to make comebacks when they lose the first set. So our software, um, we kind of develop strategies where you can find players who are likely to come back from a one set to love deficit. And you can actually, you know, just get those selections from our software. And it's brilliant. Ryan says it's, it's, uh, it's almost like that term, you know, lay the draw in test cricket and you'll never go poor. Well, it's similar in tennis. If, you, if you're laying the first set winner and the opponent is a fighter who usually makes a comeback... Ah, very, very difficult to get poor when you're following that strategy. Cricket, I've talked a little bit about it just then, haven't I? Now, if you guys have any interest in cricket, then I think this may be the sport for you. There is a lot of easy money to be made on cricket. I actually think that it's the easiest money because there's just certain situations where you can literally, you know, lay it at low odds and know you're going to make money or you're very likely to make money. One of those is laying the draw, like I said. And the other one is when teams are chasing high totals in test cricket in the fourth innings. Hardly ever happens, but the odds quite often dip below 10. Great place to lie. Made so much money on that over the years. Um, horse racing. Well, perhaps the most exciting of all, but not because of what's going on. Although John's doing some great work on the horses. But what's coming? Our software is so close to release right now. Um, but it's not too late. If you've got any suggestions, what you want us to add to the software, get in touch with us. Let us know. What do you need? If you're a horse trader and you're thinking, do you know what? I would join Betfair Trading Community, but I want horse racing software. I know you've got great football and tennis software, but I want horse racing. Well, if you're that person, tell us what you want. What do you trade? What would help you? What software would help you? You know, how, what would help you make your selections? What would help give you an edge on those horse racing markets? Let us know and we can incorporate it. It's not too late. Um, yeah, if you want any updates on any of these things, if you're not a member, head over to betfairtradingcommunity.com. Go to the site. If you haven't signed up to their email list, sign up to the email list because it's free. You get free strategies. Um, and you get to hear about all our updates. So when things like the software do come out, you will hear about it. Um, so it's great. So, you know, if you're listening to this, you have to sign up to that emailing list. It's, uh, it's your pathway into learning about us, learning more about us and being a real member of that family, you know. Um, anyway, I can't wait for another year of trading. I don't know how you guys feel. I'm so excited about the next year. I'm so excited about everything, you know. I'm having a positive mindset all this week. Um if you ever want to get in touch, just info at betfairtradingcommunity.com. 
So until next time, guys, thanks for listening.